0: Hey, you know what time it is. It's Showtime Balling. We're balling on all levels. New Zealand's basketball podcast. Let's get it. It is the Coaching Collective. We're speaking to Southland's Basketball Development Officer, Leighton Hedleton. Now, Leighton brings a lot of knowledge in regards to basketball and his experience from coaching on the top levels, all the way from high school, being a part of the NZ Breakers, now all the way in the Deep South looking to gear up for the Southland Basketball. Now, this episode is all about representatives and building your rep program. Ciao! Without further ado, let's go. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Skinny Fizz. Skinny Fizz, sparkling water with a splash of real New Zealand fruit extract, made right here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. No sweetness, just refreshingly real. Skinny Fizz comes in three flavors, lemon, lime, and raspberry. For more information, hit them up on www.skinnyfizz.co.nz. Go get it. Kia ora koutou kato.
1: Welcome to the show, Showtime Balling, Balling on All Levels. This is our basketball podcast, and we are very happy. It is the Coaching Collective, episode number five or four. And um, in this episode, we actually got a man from the Deep South, buddy, you know, we're going to let him explain where he's actually originated from, but let's bring him in. He is a part of Southland Basketball. It is Leighton
2: Haddleton. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jordan. Pleasure to be on the show.
1: No, it's a pleasure to have you on, on board. You bring a wealth of knowledge and you bring an expertise about the episode and topic that we'll be talking about in regards to building the rep program.
2: Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, like, uh, expertise is probably a little bit much. I, this is my first real go at um, looking after a rep program, but um, yeah, been looking after a high school program for the last five years has uh, given me a good base to go forward as, um, and, and, do, and do this.
1: Nice. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, represent, where are you from?
2: Okay, well, uh, originally I'm a Mount Maunganui boy, Um, so I grew up in Mount Maunganui, played basketball for Tauranga um, there, uh, bounced around the country a little bit, I ended up um, living in Hamilton for a bit and coached at Fraser High, Uh, moved back to Mount Maunganui, coached at Mount Maunganui College, um, and then ended up moving to Auckland, where I... um, volunteered at the Breakers and the Breakers Academy for four years uh, under judge level. Um, Mm. During that time, I coached at St. Peter's College uh, in their senior team, Uh, managed to convince Richard Clark, who was the GM of the Breakers at the time, to hire me as the manager for the Breakers. Uh, So I had two seasons with the Breakers. And during that period, I managed to convince St. Peter's College to... um, hired me full-time as a coach at school. So I was the director of basketball there for five years. And um, now I have moved to Southland. uh, So living in Invercargill and officially am the director, sorry, the, development officer for Southland Basketball Association and um, aside from that I'm also an assistant coach with the Southland Sharks so I've um, had a little bit of experience coaching basketball mm-hmm. and, and amongst that I've um, been an assistant coach with the Junior Tall Blacks so I managed to go to two World Cups with, with the uh, New Zealand under nineteen. so been pretty busy sort of eight nine years.
1: Well, hey, see exactly my point. You bring a wealth yeah. of knowledge to the game of basketball, man. And look, um probably next question probably, man, why coach? Well, what was the what was the the coping yeah. of the behind coaching?
2: Yeah, I, I guess, you know, like for me first and foremost, coaching is about giving back. Um, you know, being being a, a younger person and having people coach me that have volunteered. Taking time away from their families to give back to the sport, um, teach the values of the game, uh, which correspond to life. Um, I really wanted to give that back, uh, you know, so just giving back to my community. And then um, and once gone, I kind of got started uh, coaching again, um, I just thought I really enjoyed the relationships I was building with players and um, having the ability to help um, kids enjoy the sport. Mm-hmm. As well as obviously compete and get better but and and that 's one of the other things that i 'm doing at the moment. I deal a lot with like really young kids uh, right through to right like, from five year olds through to nineteen, and you know one of my key things is I want kids to this uh, to stay in the sport like love the sport. Um, so part of that is teaching values around, you know, just like life skills, like what basketball brings, you know, like if you commit to a team, you have to turn up the training on time. You have to be wearing the right gear. You have to be organized. You have to, um, you know, work with others, which is a big one. You have to have mental resilience. Like when things don't go wrong, how do you respond? And coaching, you get to you get to teach all that sort of stuff, and you get to challenge people. And um, and along the way, you actually just you get to hang around playing basketball. And God, that that sucks, doesn't it? When you have to do that, like yeah. you know, <laughs> um, you know, jeez, I, I have to be around basketball all day. Well, that's just you know, oh, terrible. There's, there's <laughs> absolutely terrible. So you know, so. Um, and then at a higher level, obviously, you know, I'm involved with the Shouts and the Sharks and, and I've been involved with the, the junior toolbox and, and, and getting to challenge myself at a competitive level. Like I don't play, um, anymore, you know, my knees don't don't function the way they should. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, so just being around the guys and, and, and getting to challenge yourself as a coach and challenge, like you, you gain many friends through coaching and, um, so you get into coaching against your friends and challenge yourself in that way. Um, so all part of that is coaching for me. It's a, and it's just I'm very lucky to be part of it. It's a it's a privilege to be part of of the basketball community in this way.
1: Yeah, well, it looks like your journey has led you to like employment within the game of basketball, which is you know the the baller's dream to actually you know wake up in morning and know that you're going to be doing something you're passionate about and just yeah. you know throw your heart and soul into it.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm very, very lucky. Um, and, and like the the dream of being involved in basketball is, is a great one. And um, and there are days where you're like, oh, yeah, I could not go into the gym. I, I want to go out and, um, you know, go and play some tennis or, you know, do something else. Or, um, you know, there, there, there are times like that. But, you know, on, on the whole, you know, I'm still just extremely grateful that I have the privilege of being around basketball like I do.
1: Yeah, sweet. So, like, I'm looking to see like the level you kind of been coaching at, like, these different levels you've um, approached. Um, yep. um, probably possible to speak about this in another podcast episode, but man, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to hear. You know, you've gone from high schools, you've gone the breakers, you've gone to all these different things. What have actually one thing you can say that of all that's actually taught you as a coach?
2: Yeah, you know, the the thing that's teaching me is that you can learn from anyone that you interact with, Um, and, you know, you can either learn from it in a couple of ways, you can learn from it and try and implement that into your coaching style, or your philosophy, or you can choose to not, because that doesn't sit with your philosophy, so, um, you know, whether it be an interaction you have with a kid, uh, one that you reflect on um, afterwards, and, did that work? Did that not work? You know, could I be better? Um, so you know, like the the thing about coaching is you always get to the opportunity to improve. Um, you know, look look and reflect and and go back on on things that you've done before. And you know, if they work, because there's a lot of lot of coaches that have their systems that they run and they know how to teach that and and are effective in that. And then there's other coaches that are out there changing all the time. Um, so it's it's a growing um field so to speak where you you can you can have whichever direction you want to in it so you know it's it's just teaching me life skills really you know Mm. how do i how do i want to be better how do i want to interact with people how can i be better um and so if i can if i can keep doing that then i feel like um you know i'll I'll be having a good time
1: nice okay so let's let's get into the the topic of the episode building the representative um, program because um, as we go through it it's something totally different from all levels as representative so let's talk about the coach first off now the word commit that's really got to be a major thing that you know your coaches have to put into into their mind space is that can you commit to delivering the program or the expectation of the associations given you
2: yeah that's that's a good one, I mean you know like there'll be a lot of associations and we're and we're included that um you know just getting coaches is is a tough one and then um uh, and then explaining to them, well you know. It's not just about turning up and coaching. It's, there's a whole lot of other things that go on around it, and the commitment is actually quite huge. Um, and so, you know, we never take it for granted when somebody volunteers to coach. And, and unfortunately, mm. we we are in a space where our coaches are volunteers. Um, we would obviously love to be able to pay coaches and and um, and, and re- repay the commitment um, at least financially, but um, it's not the way. Um, mm. Maybe one day in the future, when high-performance sport maybe kicks in, and they don't just give us one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year like they have done today um, to Basketball New Zealand, uh, you know, we might be able to go down those routes where we can start paying coaches a bit more. But you know, the commitment around coaching is—it's um, not just about coaching basketball; it's about committing to the kids that you are coaching. And you're committing to teaching them about one, yes, about the game, but you are teaching them about like the things I talked about just before around, um, you know, the values of, of basketball, like your friendship, your, te- your teammateship, your your um, your willingness to be able to take criticism and and not on a personal level, but on a, on a level that is, is trying to help you uh, help that athlete get better. So, um, yeah, commitment is huge and, and like actually just getting people, um, involved is a tough one. I I think Mm -hmm. uh, just like many other associations, we put it out to our community around, you know, we're looking for volunteers to coach. Mm. Um, and you know, we do it through the same channels as everybody else like via our social networks. Um, Direct emailing um, and so you know once we've got uh, people that are saying yes they're willing to to help out then we look at you know what are their skill sets where do they sit in terms of where our need is um, where are they best suited some some coaches like coaching uh, older kids once you know it's because they can challenge them a bit harder in terms of what they're doing or some people like just teaching skill development. So they, they like being around the younger kids. Some people like teaching girls, some people like teaching boys, you know, it's about finding all those, those things and, and trying to fit in where, where they, they sit. Um, but also, mm-hmm. um, you might, you know, if, if you're lucky enough, you get two or three coaches that are, that are good in one area. And, um, you know, you get to spread the love with those coaches, um, if, if they're willing to take on other roles so really lucky down here in southland people are just unbelievably giving uh, like we've got rep coaches that have been coaching for a number of years down here and also yeah. a lot of younger ones that have played reps that are giving back so those are the those are the types of play uh, rep, uh, coaches that we're we're looking to get involved for sure
1: yeah because um at the end of the day like you said again the voluntary position but you know there's a lot of those people out there that will give a lot in regards to their voluntary position they take it on as like that's their, this is me this is my moment and time to you know to do a great deed for my for my community but um, yeah. yeah and you do you get a lot of those diehards they will they'll give you a hundred percent but then sometimes yeah. it's on the other other hand is that you know it's, it's like a mum or dad you know it's coming yeah. in and like I'm gonna help my son or my daughter I'm gonna take this yeah. team. And, yeah, the commitment is a huge one because you're not yeah. just committing to the team, you're committing to the, the families, the associations, the public. There's so much yeah. around that.
2: Yeah. And then on top of that, then we're asking, like, okay, we want you to teach these things to the kids. You know, so, um, mm. so like, for me, with, with our rep teams next year, they'll be, like, all our rep coaches will be given what we call an organization sheet. So what that is is um, for... Under-15s, by the end of your rep season, you you should have taught uh, man-to-man defence, help side defence, um, denial, um, all these sorts of things. Um, press, uh, you've got to have an inbounds play from the baseline, the sideline. Uh, you've got to have, um, like when it goes to under-17s, you've got to have zone offences in. Um, you know, so we give them a list of things that, <clears throat> by the end of the year, that this is what when a kid walks out of your team at the end of the year, and we talk mm-hmm. about different concepts in the game, um, so whether it be a, a way of like a defending an on-ball screen, or um, you know, situational awareness, so it might be a clock and time, uh, clock and score. Uh, you know, what are the what are the ways that these kids are doing it? Um, you know, so we we want our kids to have been learnt a whole lot of things, and so a lot of people who volunteer don't even realise that. That's what's going to be asked of them. So, you know, so when when we're talking about volunteers, um, we are asking for volunteers, but we are also asking them to to do things a certain way so that um, our organisation, you know, um, is is successful. And, and and success is not necessarily around W's. I mean, ideally, yes, we would love to have. Have national championships and things like that, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but we also want our kids to be developing the skill sets so that they can play. You know, like they could they could go from Southland and then turn up in Hawkes Bay and Coach Morgan Maskell's talking about something. And they go, Oh yeah, I know what they're talking about. Or hmm. they they head up to Auckland and and Vince, Vincent Minares has taken a session for the Harbour and oh yeah, oh yeah, I know what he's talking about. Or even if they're not too sure. They could probably pick it up some way, you know, and those are the sorts of players that become really invaluable, like your ability to be able to, to just slot in and know what's going on or understand and read what's happening in the the game of basketball make good decisions out of it then then I feel like we're making a, a real imprint in in those kids' basketball lives so um yeah, so those are the things that we're looking at when we when we're talking about volunteers and and our organization so yeah it's a it's it's a it's a wide field um and and because it is reps yes we we do have the element where we are trying to compete too um so at an under so like an under 13 level is is winning the most important thing probably not um and you know because have they developed as people have they learnt? and got better throughout the year has its skill set gotten better um, has the decision making gotten better and um, th- then you could probably say that that's a successful season for 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 a team um, you know and then if you get to keep those kids for a number of years then maybe it is about challenging four national championships mm-hmm. um, but you know and, and we'd love to do that uh, at some point and uh, you know sometimes it takes a bit of a while to get Get your own sort of grips together on 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 your environment. Um, you know, for, and I'll probably get a little bit off topic here, but when I'm planning for our season and I'm doing a whole lot of that right now, I'm actually talking to a lot of other sports because here in Southland, we have kids that play rugby reps, they play netball reps, they play mm-hmm. hockey, and, and I know a lot of other places do that too, but we have a, such a small population down here that our athletes or our good ones, they get pulled all over the show. So what mm. for me I'm I'm planning with rugby, netball, soccer, <clears throat> um, hockey, volleyball, and we're all just trying to coordinate our rep training sessions so that we don't we don't have them on at the same time. And so the logistics around doing that is something that I haven't really run into before. So <clears throat> um you know we there's a different challenge down here. Uh, but it's also a really good thing because, you know, we're a small community and we can work together that way. So I'm, I am really enjoying that part of it. Nice,
1: man. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things to to touch on in regards to that. But um, let's go into yeah. the trials. When it comes yep. to that time, then, you know, you've got the commitment from the coaches and you got yep. all that happening. So what do the trials look like to you?
2: Yeah, so we we spread our trials out over a number of weeks, Um so, unfortunately, we we have trials in February, which um, a lot of, a lot of uh, our athletes are playing summer sports. So we have to um, have them over multiple days so that they can at least make one, if not all of them. Um, mm. So th- that's something that we try to do to just make it a bit easier for kids to trial so they don't feel like they've missed out. Um, then the next part is is that like what does the actual session itself look like? So, what'll happen is is they'll turn up and confirm their registration. We'll usually put them into groups prior to the prior to the uh, actual trial itself. So, uh, like for me, I just I I usually get them into groups of shapes. So I'll just like when they turn up, I'll draw a shape on their arm. So I'll go, okay, circles, you're going to be on this court. Triangles, you'll be on this court. And, and whatever um and then we'll go through some skill well, like we'll get them warmed up but then we'll we'll go through some skill type scenarios um so it, it might be basic stuff like just uh, like different layup drills um different shooting drills footwork patterns um some and then what we'll do is we'll go into small-sided games and and we'll We'll just make sure that every kid gets a lot of ball touches, because if you get straight into game situations, some kids will just go up and down the court and not even touch the ball. Um, and so, you want to see kids show their skill levels, but also what we want to see when we have our trials is kids what, what is their character like. So, are they are they working? Are they working hard? Are they actually putting some effort in out on court? And um, you know, the obvious one is, is, are they are they puffing? And hopefully that's not just because they're unfit, but are they working hard? Um, mm-hmm. And then the other things, like we talked to, is we don't want kids to stop playing. So you know, you, you would have seen it yourself, Jordan, when you coach a kid misses a layup and he gets down on himself straight away. And then yeah. what what happens? the other team's down the other end scoring a lap because yeah, that correct. kid still hasn't even crossed back halfway. So, you know, we talk about, uh, well, I talk about lag time. So that time from when you've made a mistake, which is, that's fine. We're not worried about the mistake. It's about what they do next. So if the, what they do next is stand and pout for a second, well, that kind of tells me that that kid hasn't quite got what we're looking for. So that that's all right when they're young, because we're going to teach them that, like, okay, you've made a mistake, but we're not worried about the mistake. We're worried about what you do next to try and get the ball back for your team. So <clears throat> so we look at those sorts of characteristics around kids. Um, are, they, are they engaged um, hmm. or are they busy looking at um, their mate who's on the other court who is, like, standing off the court and – not really listening to what's going on and they're laughing at that kid because you see that at trials. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we try to look at the whole picture around trials and then obviously we're looking at skill levels and athleticism and stuff like that too. <clears throat> but ultimately we're looking at, we want the kids who are going to really work hard because especially with reps, you just don't know which kid is going to be good. Mm. You know, if you have got an under thirteen trial, you have no idea who's gonna be good when they're twenty. Um, so you know, you, you wanna work with the kids who are gonna who are gonna commit and, and work hard. Um and not get caught up in the in the fact that, oh yeah, we've had the six foot four kid turn up and but he's like got no energy levels, he doesn't want to be involved, you know, like so that, that you may Cut your uh, foot off to spite your face, so to speak. But the um, the reality is, is that we're looking for kids who want to work hard, mm-hmm. and and we, we don't we don't have a choice. We have to go to a tournament and work our butts off, you know, for the whole seven games, for forty minutes every game, and <clears throat> and leave it all on the floor. We yeah. don't have the the luxury of having, you know, like I, I when I coached Auckland under seventeens. I turned up to, like the trial I turned up to, we had 130 kids turning up to it on two courts. Then mm. I was like, we've got one trial to try and, Try and select the team that's going to go through this rep season. It was ridiculous, you know. Like that was a big learning curve for me. So, um, giving kids a fair trial and a fair opportunity is is a big thing for me in, in terms of my philosophy around trials. So, and then once you've been through trial, so when I've got trials happening, I'll have coaches that are they'll have notepads and they'll be taking notes on kids, um, and then we'll get together um, after the trial and we'll have a have a chat about the kids that we like um, and and try and start putting teams together pretty quickly. You know, like you don't, sometimes it's tough to go away and think about it. Um, but, you know, it's better to do it fresh while you're thinking about it than you're still seeing the kids in the gym because sometimes it can be, oh, I didn't quite catch what's that kid's name and somebody else yeah. know the name and uh, so, yeah, so you're just trying to be as fair as you can to every, every kid um, and then, yeah, trying to trying to pick your teams uh, from that point on. But So that's kind of what our trials will look like. Um, they happen pretty early in the, in the year. Uh, I know there's other regions that have have already done their trials. Um, you know, that's that's for them to to, to do it that way. I, I feel like kids need to have the break from their sport. Um, and so that was my decision to have trials in February. Uh, yeah, go and have some time with your family. You know, sure. Go and have some time with your friends yeah. and and go swimming and, and enjoy the weather and enjoy your family and then come back fresh for, for the season next year. So that's what we kind of look like down here.
1: Yeah, well, um, as you did point out, the attitude is, is huge because you can come across the, those players who automatically think they're entitled to be in the team as well. So that could be another factor yep. that they... They may not give a hundred percent because they feel they're already safe and they're already in the pool. Do you come across that?
2: Oh, I think you get that everywhere. Kids walk into a gym and they know the pecking order. That's 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 a natural thing that happens. Um, but if you are clear about your expectations at the start of the session, about what you're looking for, <clears throat> then then you can, then you can be you can feel comfortable about excluding them if they don't meet those expectations. Yeah. Um or you know, uh, you'd you'd want to go and talk to them if you saw something that you didn't like and you go, Hey, we talked about this at our session, you know, you're showing these characteristics right now. Um, you know that that doesn't look good. You know, we, we want kids to be playing this like this and um and if they still don't change then that's a conversation you either have to have again if you if you if you want to keep going at it and you know at, at a under thirteen age group you you probably will want to have those conversations a bit more because you you 're not just giving them that one chance and then and then ditching them you you want to um, give them the opportunity to 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 improve, but if they get into an under under seventeen under nineteen age group and they still haven 't got it and you 've seen them around for two three years then you know, like, uh, are you wasting your time, or are you, you know, what's what's the value in it? Then, you know, so we hope to get to them early with the attitude part, and if, if we can get them early with the attitude part, then there's way more chance of success um, down the down the line with them. So,
1: mm. For sure, sweet. So we've selected the team, got the staff together. Now, I yeah. think the thing is now the expectation. What do, what does it look like to you in regards to? Is it about the winning, or is it about the development, or do those kind of come kind of apart and
2: parcel? Well, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of talked to it a little bit before, but it, it, it does. It, ultimately, we want our kids to be successful in whatever they do, and so. You know if it's if they learn something from us and then they don't come back to basketball and they go on to do some other thing but they've learnt those those life lessons and and um, values through basketball and they take that on to other areas in life then then we're winning um, well I, I believe that anyway so that's probably just from a values point of view yeah but then on court um, like again if it's an under thirteen age group you know winning yeah it's important but it's not as important as kids getting better and have learned a whole lot throughout the year and those kids wanting to come back and get better again. And I feel like if you can, if you like at a a younger age group, if you can get to that level where kids are like wanting to come in the gym and work hard and, and get better, then, then you're winning, you know? So that, that in my mind is winning. Um, when you get into those older age groups, where yep, the the competition is actually like you've you've gone through all those skill set levels, the kids know the the um, the patterns that you're running, or have um, are making good decisions on court. Then that's when we get into the area when we're really trying to compete to win. And I kind of get that. At, I, I try to really introduce that at under seventeen levels. I feel like that's a good age group where where kids are mature enough to be able to. To handle the the losing part of it as well as the winning part of it. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of go through age groups a little bit, and um, and then and, and go from there. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of a lot of the lot of the organizational associations in the country are, are all on the same path. Like, it's about getting the kids engaged and and getting their skills developed, and then um, if they get identified for high performance, so like if they get identified for um, national owners or at, at, at those talent ID camps, then, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a different stage again. But at a rep level, um, you know, we want to give them the skills so that they can compete um, and, and handle the sales in a way that is, um, you know, of a standard that that is, is, is good and they can succeed
1: now this, uh, this is probably a tough question and you probably you've come across it many a times over your years okay the question sure. is hey why is my son not getting or my daughter is getting the time or why did my son and my daughter not get selected for this sort of team now we're talking about the parents that can be you know those difficult ones and how do you deal mm-hmm. with those sort of parents um because it, it comes up from time to time it has to in your time in coaching right
2: yeah, absolutely. I've I've um, I've I've not selected some some players for <clears throat> for rep teams and put them in B teams. Um, and and I've talked to those parents around that, and and like some of the reasons might be, like if your if your son or daughter is going to play for the A team, they're probably only going to get x amount of minutes, and like I feel like for your daughter or son to get better long term to play in the B team where they're getting way more minutes and way more influence on how the team plays is going to be better for them long term. Mm. Um, So, you know, like, yes, we would love to have your son in that team, but, like, I feel like this is going to be a better situation for your son or daughter. Um, Then the other one is, you know, like, you you might just not see what they see. And um, as a coach, you have every right to to trust your own judgment around um, what you see and what why you don't want to select that person for that team. Hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, you would hope that in most cases there's another kid that's better. Hmm. Um, so, you know, <laughs> and that's a tough conversation you have to have. And, you know, like you have to be able to back up what you see at times and um, and not, compare one kid to another you just have to say well this is what i see in in this at at this time um you know with with uh a a concerned effort to improve in these areas you know your son could either be in this team next year or um you know that's and that's what you see so you know like I've, i've coached games where um i haven't played a kid in the game and uh, and you know and you, and you walk in after the game, and you know, generally after a loss, because people get really emotional after losses, and yeah, yeah. you get accosted by the parent after the after the game, and like, why didn't you put my son on? And it's like, oh shit, you know. So well, yeah that's that's something that happened. And sometimes, hmm. like, I, I mean, I coached one game, and I just I got so caught up in the game, I forgot about substituting. Um, and yeah, and I was like, oh man, I could have put that kid in. Um so now you sometimes it 's just a learning thing to yourself and and you, you hope it 's not in the big game <laughs> yeah. um but uh you know like yeah sometimes it's just it 's about honesty and if if and I guess i get it. you come back to when you even have your rep trials and you notify kids of these trials and um you know what 's expected of you at the trial, and the parents understand that um. Then, if you've got, if you've set those expectations, and potentially you've you've developed a bit of a relationship, then it doesn't have to be a big one, but at least you can come back to those. Well, <clears throat> this is what we were looking for in, in our players, and you know maybe your kid didn't didn't get to that point. So, yeah, it's a, it's always a tricky one, and every situation is different. Um, and you know, like you just in, in a situation like that, you just have to be honest about what happened, um, and and hope that uh, it it sticks, and and those people can go away and and feel like they've been heard, because um, a lot of it is just listening to to them about their concerns, and um, you know, yeah. I, look, I'll give you an example. I I I selected one kid, one year, and a parent of a kid that didn't get selected said, well, my son's been the MVP of, you know, well, I think it was some little league competition for the last three years. And it was just like, oh, oh." you know, that, that little league competition there was probably only about four teams in it. So, (laughs) you know, you have to, you have to check your reality a little bit. Um, And that's what I'm thinking in my head, but, you know, at the same time I I had to sit there and, and listen to them and, 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 and make them feel like they heard or they were heard by me and um, and even though they were disappointed for their child they didn't get in the team um, I know that kid went away and worked hard and he, he made it the next year you know so and so those are the sorts of things that you can do and um, yeah those conversations are never easy cool. never easy
1: yeah, I know yeah parents they can be yeah. they can be supportive but they can also be undoing but um, yeah that's, that's great because yeah. yeah that's it's a it's a good way to try and um try and navigate that that um that conflict and you've got to have them on board and you've got to make sure like I said, yeah. take care of the parents because the parents are the ones who are picking them up, dropping them off, paying the bills, taking them home after after a win or after a loss and um yeah they're very important
2: yeah so oh, well, without them, we don't have rep teams do we yeah because yeah you know, um yeah you know, if parents don't have kids, we don't have jobs. <laughs> so um yeah with have anybody to coach if, if, if people aren't having kids <laughs> <laughs> on a basic level
1: yeah so um last question i would like to put out to you is that what yep. does success look like to you like what is is it the winning was development we probably have spoken about this, but what is success yeah like? what is it what does it look like to you
2: uh look i think it, it, it varies on the level you're coaching at like um you know i've coached from you know primary school kids right through to men and success looks different on all of those levels so i guess like at a rep level um ultimately it would look like you've won a national championship under 15s so or under 17s so i feel like if you if you can if you can be at that level with your rep program uh, on a consistent basis and you only have to look at, like, North Harbour at the moment. They're, they're one of the top performing teams Waikato for the women. Um, you know, Anthony Corbin's got a great program there through Waikato. They've won so many titles. So, you know, like, <clears throat> success to them is going to be winning every time they go out of the court. But um, there's, there's other aspects. I think, like, one of the key things that uh, I, I'm challenging myself with is that I want to get, you know, maybe six kids in, in, involved for, in the national program from our area. Mm-hmm. Um within the next three years, so if I, if I can get kids that are you know representing a our, our nation um, on the international level, then that that to me is is successful um, so yeah it, 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 it varies age group to age group, but um you know the success is ultimately for me, are kids getting better? Are they able to play the game the right way? um and then you know if they're getting put in different situations are they able to adjust and 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 cope um and and then well, on top of all that like have we helped them become a better person you know have we helped them with their values out are they out there you know like if they get to 17 years old and there's a kid down at the down at the local courts, who's shooting, and the, they just go up and start talking to them, and rebound with them, and shoot with them, and you know, start sharing the love of the game. And if we can if we can do that on a holistic level, then then success is is, is easy. Awesome, hey
1: Layton, thank you for your time. This has been super valuable information that you've given forth, uh, even in regards to the program that you're running down in um in Southland. Um, is there any um final um, yep. comments or anything you'd like to say before we take off?
2: Yeah sorry I rambled a little bit. <laughs> I kind of felt like I talked a lot but um like I think you know the the one thing that that what people like I I just talk about it from a from a national coaching perspective um you know like I've been part of two campaigns that have made it to the World Cup and and that's directly related to all the people that are coaching kids throughout the whole country. And there's just so many people that coach basketball, you know, um, and involved in basketball. And I, I constantly go to places and I meet somebody and their knowledge about basketball blows me away. Uh, people, you know, I run into people all the time I've never met that, that are just real good people. And, and our basketball community is just full of those great people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said at the start, it's a blessing to be part of of, of this in a full-time role. Um so yeah, so just thank you to everybody out there who's who's giving back to their to their community and to somebody else's kids and taking time away from their own to to do that because without people doing it, you know, we, we don't succeed. Um and so just thank you to everyone who does it. Thank thank you for doing this podcast, Jordan. Like you sharing the love this way is um is another big part of why our country started to succeed internationally.
1: No, that's that's exactly why we started this podcast is to get people stories, get them to talk about it. Uh, like I said, again, our basketball community is is uh, super helpful and it's insightful to get people like yourself, given the opportunity to give out this information because there are people out there who won't get that information. But yeah, but thank you for your time.
2: Yeah, no worries, all good, all the best. Thank you again. Yeah,
1: no, all the best for all the uh, ventures you've got. Um, all the way from representative to um, to the NBL with the Sharks.
2: Cheers, bro. We're going after that ship this year. Yep. Um, hopefully going to be announcing a few more people in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out. Nice, man. Definitely be looking forward. Have a good night. Same you, bro. See ya.
1: Well, there it is. It's full time. Thank you very much for taking your time out here with us at Showtime Balling NZ, the podcast of balling at all levels. Hope you enjoy Before we take off, making sure that you cop our merch and make sure you help grow our brand and represent us. Yo, until next time, peace.